Those of us who gathered at their home in the hours and days following his death were soft-spoken and red-eyed, deeply jarred by the terrible sadness of it all and deeply concerned about our friends and their younger son, who lost his very best friend in the whole world. A few days after the tragedy, another friend and I were standing quietly in their driveway. We'd done what we could for the moment and were just waiting to see if another task presented itself. When she asked softly, this shouldn't have happened. It's just so horrible. How will they ever be happy again? It was more of a compassionate observation than a question, and I wasn't about to sully her empathy by saying anything out loud, but the gist of her question has reverberated in my heart since. Is it possible to be happy after horrible things happen to us or to those we love? Children shouldn't die before their parents. They shouldn't be born with devastating birth defects or cancer or cerebral palsy. Families in minivans shouldn't be killed by drunk drivers. Moms and dads shouldn't stop loving each other and spew hatred and discord during their divorce process. Friends shouldn't become enemies. Sex shouldn't be abusive. Earthquakes shouldn't wipe out entire villages. Pastors shouldn't have affairs and leave the whole congregation feeling stunned and betrayed. There should be no such thing as a suicide bomber. None of this seems remotely congruent with the idea of real, recurrent happiness, does it? Yet all we have to do is turn on a television, scroll through social media, or poll the people in our neighborhood for proof that it happens every single day. Before you finish listening to this sentence, someone else, somewhere else in the world, or possibly even one of your dear friends, will experience something tragic their personal version of this shouldn't have happened. Frankly, dear listener, I'm sure something that shouldn't have has happened to you. Because we live in a broken world, one that was marred from the start when Eve got deceived by a slithery liar and stepped out of the perfect existence God created for us in Eden. After that evil snake named Satan hissed his first lie, nobody had a chance of getting out of here unscathed. Therefore, since life as we know it is inherently flawed and culture is a poor conduit of true soul-satisfying happiness, where does that leave us? Should we despondently hurl every book and DVD that includes the concept of happy into a raging bonfire? Should we forego sitcoms with laugh tracks and only watch nature shows where the cheetah actually catches the limping baby antelope? Is it possible for happiness, sadness, and even badness to coexist? And if so, how do we orient our lives to be authentically joyful while not ignoring or becoming immune to the calamity and chaos around us and sometimes in us? The key to hanging on to our happy our deep sense of fulfillment, contentment, and delight when horrible things happen is to recognize this. Real, God-imbued happiness is not the absence of sadness or badness. Rather, it is hanging on to the truth of His sovereign goodness, regardless of what's going on within or around us. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that happy and sad are not mutually exclusive. In fact, these two passages from Proverbs and then Lamentations, as well as many others, imply they're more like two sides of the same coin. Proverbs 14 says this, even in laughter, the heart may ache, 
and the end of joy may be grief. And then Lamentations 3 says this, My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. To forget what happiness is and remember the hope we have because of God's steadfast love, that's the poignant paradox of Christianity. Delight and despair absolutely coexist. They ebb and flow like the tides. Grief may surge while...